The subject of the parak is unbelievably critical to our lives, not just in the world of his bainanus, which we're talking, we're learning about, and the whole safe is about, but in order to be able, especially nowadays, to have presence of mind, to have yisur adas, manuchas anefesh, to learn. To learn how to. To learn how to find that sheket nafshi, to be kind of that inner tranquility and quiet that is necessary in order to be able to move ahead with this blind abuse, but to be to be able to survive, it's necessary. But as I told you last week. There is what we're learning now sounds a little bit unpleasant and difficult. We're not used to talking about it. We try not to think about it, and because our association with the subject is always horrible, negative, scary, and so on, so it's gotten very bad. It's gotten very bad publicity. Of course, I'm speaking about death, and. The thought of death is one that we avoid. Much has been written on the subject of the effect that our avoidance of thinking about it has on our lives. And of course the tachlis here is not chasashalom, fear or anxiety. Other Just the opposite. What the tzaddik is writing about over here is how when it's used properly, and the thought of Misa is used properly, there is nothing that is as quieting and as and as freeing as Mahshava, that Mahshava of Misa, which we'll talk about. But of course he warns that for those who are by nature more fearful and more anxious about these things, and could Hashem lead to sadness, to Atsus, then they have to be very, very careful. But in a healthy person who understands the Indian, who thinks about it with seichel instead of reacting, which we, we do that to many things, we just react. And we're used to reacting a certain way. So when it's done in a healthy, clear-headed way, it's, we see from Chazal that it's one of the most important, if not the most important, quieting machshava that a person can have. But we have to learn how to use it. So that it's not scary, it's not upsetting. Other of it, it's the cause of simcha, as strange as that might sound. It's the cause of simcha, and it is able to bring to a to a deep, deep sense of sheket nafshi, of spiritual quiet and tranquility. So on the top of page Mem Tes, Hachayvus Alavavus, Hachayvus Alavavus Kaisev Shetsuras Chayev Shalachosid He. The Chavis Olavavis, which as you know is one of the most, one of the earliest and most basic Muslims from that we have, from Rabbeinu B'chayv and Bakuda. The Chavis Olavavis writes, Shetsuras Chayev, Shalach Chosid, the way of life of the righteous Jew, of the Chosid. The way of life, Tsuras Chayev, Shalach Chosid, 
that he awaits every day he awaits his death now to us to our ears it sounds like the way of life of, of a of a person who's sick that's how it sounds to us but the Chavaz Lavavaz who's teaching us the Torah's understanding and the Ratzon Hashem the Chavaz Lavavaz is saying that the way of life of the Chassid is that he's mitzapa each and every day he awaits death what does that mean? Why is that? Why is that something which is good? Whatever happened to optimism and simcha uh, and all that stuff? Kate said, lamas." How could that be? What does that mean? That a person every single day, that a person, that a person waits for death. What does that mean? Is it because the person has, God forbid, a miserable life and that he wants to be free of all of the difficulties and the challenges of this life? That's, God forbid, a person who's not well. A person who has a, a suicide wish, who's not well. That couldn't be what the Chavaz is talking about, that a person is looking, to, looking for a way to escape from the difficulties of life. It's not the Rasna Hashem that we, that we have such a, a thought. Is it, is it that a person, the Chassid, wants to become Potter, wants to be exempt from the difficulties of this world and all of the challenges of this world? There are many people that wish they weren't alive for this reason, that they, because life is unbearable. That couldn't be. That couldn't be what it. That couldn't be what it means. In kachu, ain't a If that's the case, and this this yid is not a chosid, he's somebody that he's somebody that needs help. He's somebody that needs help. He needs chizik. It's not a chosid. Mahi efay oisa siba shah chosid metzapa b'shayif lazav es adam hazeh liikane slaylam ha'olim. Therefore, what is the what is the cause for the chassid to have this longing to leave the world and to enter to, into the higher world? Loilam shakulei emes, the world that's entirely true. Shakulei emes. What's the source of that sheaf? He's already answered the question. The answer is very simple. Rotsin zeh hu taladosh al shayrish rotsin hachayim. Isn't that that's a very strange couple of words? The rotsen to leave the world, the rotsen to die. The rotsen to die is the result of the of the deepest root of the rotsen to live. In other words, the chassid's desire to die, the chassid's desire to die, is rooted in the deepest desire and love of life. Not something morbid. And depressing. The opposite. It's rooted in the deepest love of life. The difference between the chassid and the regular person is how does one define being alive? The regular person might say that that means getting up and going to the Long Island Railroad and and going to work and saying yes, your highness, yes, your majesty. 
and then coming home, and then again, yes, your highness, yes, your majesty. And, and going through with, with, a, with nice little pleasant breaks for Shabbos, and even then, oh, I have to work so hard to prepare for Shabbos. Or for Yontiv, and how the little bit of good that we have comes with, with many, many difficulties. The Chassid's Ratzin for life means that the Chassid understands what life really is. And that this world is not life. The world that we're in, it's the Ratzin Hashem that we be here. And of course, and we serve Hashem, the Simcha. But like the Tzaddikim say, that the world is a Gevaldige place for those who don't take it so seriously. It's a Gevaldige place. But if you take the world seriously, it stinks. If you take it seriously, it's... we spoke about it a little bit last week. The same way that the house could be a wonderful house if you don't if you don't take your house too seriously. But you could have you could have a fifty room mansion. If you take that seriously, then it's a fifty room prison. And every single every single fixture and every single shade is the warden of your beautiful prison. If you don't take it seriously, it's fun. That's nice. If you take it seriously, if you take it seriously, then it's a prison. Because then if one of your shades is crooked, you can't dive in that day. And if one of the fixtures is broken, then you're, then, then, then you're broken. Then you're broken. And you or I, being mostly living in, in, in Hashem, nice conditions, if we would step into some little apartment in some back alleyway in Beis Yisrael or in Gula, and we'd walk up some rickety metal steps that you have to hold on for dear life when it's when it's rained any time within the last three months. And you walk up and you come to some place, which I remember when I was about the tzaddik of Nachman Bebetsky, all of a sudden, two years ago. And I walked into an apartment and it was just this, this tzaddik with, it was a mattress on the floor. It looked like it was a mattress from World War One, On the floor, I don't even know how he was able to navigate that. It was very, very old. And the things that he had were so old and so when we walk in we feel such Rahmanas. And the Rahmanas is because we feel that way. And when you look at when you look at him you saw the happiest person in the world. He was totally free. Totally free. With the deepest love of life, but not the way we define life. Or what life really is. So what the what the Machab is explaining here is this will to be free of this world this longing to be free of the world that comes from the from the deepest root of the, of a rotsen for life you know every single second that we're walking in this world we're on a tightrope mamish between good and evil right every single second every single second is mamish scary if we don't feel that way it's because it's because we don't take it we don't take it that seriously. But if we would think about how every word, every thought, every action is chashashalom could be very bad. So we wouldn't be so thrilled being in this world. It's not a world of truth. It's an alma de shikra. It's a world of, that's filled with deception and with lies. And free choice is a privilege, but it's also a pachat. It's a path. 
Hashayla b'sis is with the question that a person has to ask himself. He ma ha'adam shoef. What is it? What is it that you're longing for? What is it that you want? Im sheifa so he in yonei olam If you sheifa, if your longing is take for what for things of this world, lamamen for money, lebanim, children. Bemuvan agashmi. When he says children, he says I mean bemuvan agashmi, not children because of their yerushalayim and because they're avodas Hashem, but children because it's fun and it's cute and it keeps you keeps you happy and and, and uh, makes life fun and interesting and so on. Then mimela his kashu Mimela, your attachment to this world means that you take the world seriously. You take your belongings seriously. You take your 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 money very seriously. Take this world seriously because you have a strong hiskashus to this world, and the result of that is ve'ain by hishtaikikus lazavus olam. You certainly do not have a longing to let go of these things. This is what you live for. In other words, if you live for this world, then you don't want this world being taken from you, because your life is for this world, and since your life is for this world. You're holding on to it for dear life because that is how you define your dear life by your things and by people and so on. That's how you define life. So if that is your definition of life, then your hiskashus, your attachment, is very, very strong. And you certainly don't have any longing to leave the world. You don't have any desire to leave the world. Because leaving the world would mean parting with that which you love. Parting with that which you're attached to. And parting with some somebody or something that you're attached to hurts. That hurts. To be, to be part, to be taken away from that which you love, that which you care for, it hurts. I remember years ago that uh, I was, when my parents, my mother was watching the news. And at that time, I think it was Mayor Koch. He wanted to pass a law in New York City to answer the carrying of those huge. They used to have these huge boom boxes. I think they got, I think they got smaller now because they have, but because they have iPods. But they used to carry around these things. You had to be a, you had to be a, 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 a bulvan just to hold to carry when you had to be a, a, a strong person. So the, they were, my mother was watching news and I sat down next to my mother and they were interviewing my mother said that the mayor wants to ask this thing and that they're asking people they were interviewing people in the in, in the subway they were asking some people how do you feel about this so there was a fellow that had one of these big things and he said such a lushen he said I don't want to say the way he said it because he said it in a way that's not nice to talk but the way, what the teichen of what he said was we're trying to understand a little, we need an interpreter a little bit but the way that he said it was that the, that you could take my life first but you're not taking my boombox ain't nobody taking my boombox <laughs> you can't you can't take this my, you can't take that away from me if you take that away from me then you're taking my life from me so we, we find that it's sad it's pathetic it's comical it's a lot of things it's a lot of things so why why is that so sad? Why is it so pathetic? Because he's a he's not a rich guy, so he has that's his Indian, and that's his hana, 
So what? If we could put our houses on our shoulders and carry on our shoulders, we would say, if you take that away from me, you could take away my life. And, and you could say the same thing if you're carrying, God forbid, you're carrying your child on your shoulder. If you take away from, that child away from me, taking away my life. The bottom line is that your she'ifa might be more noble and more sophisticated than a boombox, but it's still a she'ifa for something of this world. And you're, you feel that your happiness and your existence are very much tied up with something of this world. And since that's the case, you don't want, not only do you not want to leave the world, he's describing the Chazal says the Chazal lives every day. He lives every day waiting to leave this world. And we're trying to understand how, what is, how could a Chazal think like that? What does that mean? So when a person has his strong, his cautious, a connection to this world, when God forbid the time comes to leave the world, when it comes that time, who ain't right to He doesn't want to let go. He's holding on for dear life. He's holding on very tightly to life itself. To life itself. You have people that they, that they that even when they're well, they're running to doctors and looking at it all the time with all kinds of medical things and going online and looking in journals and asking have to, they get very very caught up in the union of health which person has to take care of his health but holding on to every single second of life he says, and we can understand that the person doesn't want to leave this world and you even see that by people whose lives have not been led in a way that you would that you would think that's such a valuable way to have spent your life even though we shouldn't judge other people ever, God forbid, to judge people. But even if you look outside of our world of Terimitsis, so what do you want so barely to what do you want so barely to live? What you, what's so khashifti? What do you what is it that you're doing all the time that you want so much to be in this world? And you'll see even by a person who's not so old and sick and in terrible pain that they're still holding on. They're holding on to life. They're holding on to life. My father's uncle's insigning he told me how he said, you don't know what it means when, when they were living during the war, what it was to hold on to life, to try to... to my father said, another day, another day, because I, I remember asking my father, it bothered me, like how come that they didn't, uh, that they were being taken away, how come they didn't fight back, you know, like any kid. And even immature adults will, will, will uh, ask these kind of questions. So how could that be? So I asked my father, if you had, you had uh, 100, 200 Jews, and they had three Nazi guards, so, you know, as a kid, I said, come on, Daddy, like, why didn't, the, why didn't the guys, you know? So my father said, you know, you just don't understand what it's like. Because the way that they were led to believe was that that if you get past this next thing, you just have to get past this next thing, then it'll be good. So the machshava was, some people are going to get killed. If you start up, they're going to start shooting, and people are going to get killed. And the... The feeling was that if I if I stay in line and if I and if I just get through this day, then the Americans are coming. They always had rumors: the Americans or the Russians, and we're going to be free. So why take a chance? I mean, I'm going to try to hold on. I'm trying to hold on. Even my father said you felt. My father said, try to imagine what that was like when I mean, they were in the concentration camp and they had to schlep 
I don't know if you ever read about that Matthausen had to do this up this they had this quarry and they had to go schlepping up this crazy side of a mountain my father carrying these things my father so I said how did, how did the person how did you have the kaychas to do that they didn't weigh anything they didn't weigh anything my father said they rots them to live they rots them to live even my father said they rots them to live and you don't even know what you have to live for my parents are gone my brothers are gone so there's nothing there's what's left to, to, to live just to live and a person doesn't want to let go of life we understand it's a very strong rotson so for that person for that person to describe the life of the chassid as a life that is constantly filled with the expectation and the hope of leaving the world it's crazy it's crazy. However, a person who already in this world had the deepest longing that he has. Again, this heart, it's a big madraga. And we can only try to work on it a little bit at a time. But a person who in this world has the deepest shuka, the deepest longing, if a person's deepest longing is, is attachment to God there are people like that that's the chosid if a person's deepest longing is the longing for, for attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and all he wants is everything in life everywhere he goes and whoever he sees and whatever he touches he should meet up with, with God and with that truth that is God in everything in life wherever he goes whatever he sees he's looking for God's signature he's looking for the burial in everything in himself all he's looking for is God and even in the world outside of himself that's all he looks for is God Adam a person like this it's natural for such a person he's missing he's missing and longing the world of angels the world of the neshamas I remember years ago when I lived in Queens and I was living there there was an Alta Yid and, and he used to say he used to say to the guys to the young guys he used to say I think that I think that I only have a few days left. He would say these kind of things, you know. And we say, "What are you, Rabbi Yama? What do you mean, Rabbi Yama? Yeah, yeah, everything's fine." He said, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sad." He said, "I miss my wife terribly. I I haven't seen my parents in over seventy years. I'm looking forward to that. I want I want to see my parents. I want to see my wife. I miss them." It's been a long time. I want to be back together with them. Famous. He, he says, I'm not, I'm not saying it in a way that's morbid or depressing. I feel that, I feel that soon, my, soon my Indian in this world is over. And I can be finished with this Indian. And then I'll be back with my parents and with my wife. That's what I feel. So who's in bad shape? Is that such a terrible thing? It doesn't sound, didn't sound so bad when he told us after he told us that way, we, we, we doubt him still, but you know, it didn't feel so bad. 
And he said, he, he said he, he, he's not at all sad. He lived a long, he said, I lived a long life. And it's been a long time. I want to be back with my, my mishpacha. So, all right, there's a different reason. It's not Dveikas Basham per se. Even though he was a God-fearing person. And he was a big mammon. But a person whose deepest hysterikus is connecting to God, that person sees this entire world as something which is blocking, something which is in the way of what, he's want, of what he wants. That's what I was talking about before. It's, it's a world of free choice and, and it's dangerous. Every step along the way is dangerous because every step along the way could bring you further away from God. It could bring you closer to Him, but it could bring you further away. But even when it brings you closer to Him, He's wearing so many disguises and so many coverings. And for the person who desperately wants to see God and be connected to Him, this world is, is a world like the Ramchal describes at the beginning. It's a world of, of milchamas, of wars, of nisyanas, of tests, of tests. Any person that's ever been, Lahavl, that's been to, to, to college and has had a lot of finals and things like that, so you know the feeling when you're done with all of the tests. It's an unbelievable feeling of relief and simcha. I'm done with it. Gaman, the tests are finished. This world is a world of a person. If a person thinks about it, the world is a world of nisyanas. Every second, nisyanas. Every second. To be free of those nisyanas. But more than that, if the object of longing is God, then after this world, you know that after this world, that's when your longing is going to be satisfied. Not in this world. In this world, there are tastes of HaKadosh Baruch. There are moments. But attachment to Him, attachment to Him, that's it, only not in this world. So, it's natural, he says, that a person who is seeking the Emes, the Emes, the Emes, and the Emes of all Emes is Chaisim HaKadosh Baruch Emes, is HaKadosh Baruch And this world is a world which is an Almadish it's a world of falsehood, of deception and of lies. He says it's natural that such a person, the chassid and the chavis levavis, should be longing for death. Not as something which is bad. Not because he's not, not because he's, he's depressed or sad. But because it's only after death, it's only with death, that he's able to truly connect to the one that he loves. On the deepest level. Without the, without the encumbrance of the, of the body, which he's going to talk about in a minute, and, and, and all the struggles of physical life. Be free of that. That's why when a, when a person is able to work on reaching a madrega like that, then he's able to have unbelievable tranquility, feel unbelievable manuchas nefesh, even in this world. When he goes into a machshav like this, we'll talk about it. This person has a natural longing to be rid of this world, to leave this world. Hanikra alma deshikra. Hanikra alma deshikra. That's called the world of falsehood. And to be attached to a world that's completely true. Because this person can't stand falsehood. He can't stand the lie and the deception. And therefore, this world, for that person, this world is bitter. Even though there's, again, there's moments and there are things, but but to be able to achieve that vacus to, to the emis, to the truth, that's only after this world, when he's no longer attached to the body. 
the Kaven Sheyadeyahu Shakolzman Shulchai Khan Ba'ilam. The person this person, the Chassid, he knows that as long as he's living in this world, even though he's he's living a completely honest life. And he's living by the books. Taramitsis and he knows what's right and he knows what's wrong. But but from the stench of Shekhar, of falsehood, Koshal of it's very hard to run away. You're surrounded by it. The stench, the smell of Shekhar. He wants to be next to he wants to be next to Davin Amalach and He wants to be with the Tzadikim, the Tzadkanias, he wants to be with the Nishamas, with the Malachim. That's that's who he wants to have company with. This world is a world that smells of shakir. Even if your life is a true life, you, you, you pick up from the from the stench, the smell of the shakir. Even if your life is a, a true life, but the world has a smell of shakir. Therefore, the chassid wants to do what he needs to do here in this world. He wants to. He wants to do the avayda that that avayda uh, 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 Hashem, because Hashem is brought wanting to be in this world, and he and he struggles to pass the tests of this world. But he wants to get through it as quickly as possible. He wants to get through. So, like the Rambam, I told you, like the Rambam wrote to his son, that if you're if you're fortunate, Hashem will answer your prayer and he'll be rid of this world as quickly as possible. To do what you have to, and to be finished. Gemara. Maybe who mistakek laver b'mehiris I have shares l'alum shkulems. He wants as quickly as possible to move on to the world of truth. The sheker is the opposite of who he is, and it's natural for a person to want to be in the place that will that will be most conducive for him living the way that he wants to live. And any place, any place before that, or in the way, is an inconvenience. There are more pleasant inconveniences. There are less pleasant inconveniences, but it's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. It's difficult, it's an inconvenience. Omnon, however, as we learned, all of this, of course, works when, when, with, this, under the, with this one condition. All of this, of course, is only when a person's whole life is dedicated to seeking the truth. The emes is Akadosh Baruch Hu, and this person's whole life is to find Akadosh Baruch Hu. When a person's entire life is to find Akadosh Baruch Hu, then he knows that in this world there are limitations, and the body holds, him, holds us back from the clarity of that truth. And after the world, after the physical world, when the person is free of that, so then he'll be able to be with the truth. So this is the nature of the chassid. That's what it means, that he awaits death every single day. Not because he's unhappy or miserable. She says, in the third kitsas, says hadvarb. Let's understand this a little bit more. Adam misyashev omaschil lehizboinen bekach. If a person sits himself down in a quiet way, in a quiet place, and starts to think about this deeply, 
Shachas v'sholem b'chol yoyim ho'olo l'estalik min ha'olam. A person thinks about this, that it could be any day, at any time, could be that I'll have to leave the world. Naturally, people like ourselves, if we think about that, if we think about that, then that thought, then that thought creates in us a feeling of sadness. Next page. So now what do you do? This is getting you all depressed, this thought of death. This thought that you might, it might be your last day in the world. So now what? So what some people will do, she says, maybe to have a drink. To have a drink. Ka'atzaz Chazal, Chazal themselves said, that when you're afraid, sometimes when you're afraid of something, you have a little bit to drink, so it, it, it calms you down. Okay, it's an Eitzah, it's an idea, and people spend a lot of money on that Eitzah. And all different levels of the Eitzah, not just drinks, but other things. But that's, obviously that's not That's not really, that's not the Ratzon Hashem. And it's not the Ratzon Hashem. The point is not to take some medication or to get a drink. What about being happy in the Pneumius? To have such a thought that today might be my last day in the world. People who low they know have who are very sick or very old. It's it's obvious that 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 they think about that. It's obvious that they think about it. Young people imagine that it'll never happen to them. But a person who's a balsaichel and is thinking about how it might be my this could be my last day in the world. So how do you, does that not, how does that not get you depressed? How does that how does that not make you feel sad? My What's the avoider when you're feeling this way? What's the avoider? Now, of course, what he's leading us to is that this is not a bad thought, and and, and it's a good it's a good mashal. But before we get to that level, when a person thinks about dying, how does one not how does that not take you into terrible sadness and depression? You have to try to, to, to be in a place and to have quiet and menucha. And to try to dissect. And the tuch is an operation. Now ask yourself, why are you afraid to leave the world? Why are you afraid? What's the real reason that you're afraid? So try to take this little test. If right now, Eliyahu Novi would come to you, Eliyahu Novi would appear to you, he would say, Yehudi, he would say to your Elionovi comes, Elionovi Mamish comes and tells you, Rebid, Hashem is giving you a choice. Would you care? Would you like to give back your neshama right now? And in doing so, you will return to a world that's completely beautiful and completely true. Completely true. 
Shakulayamas, would you like to do that? Ali Navi says, You have a choice. I was sent here to tell you to give you this choice. You could come right now, you can go to the world that's Kulayamas. All the Hishar Khan. Or you could stay here with all your bank statements and with the and with the you know, your things that you have to take care of and, and so on. Or you could stay here. Atamu Unyan Allah. Ali says, Are you interested? Or not? What's your choice? Yesh You have a choice. What would you really, truthfully, what would you answer? There's a Maisa, they say, that the Yismach Maisha, the Yismach Maisha, the Naftali Rakshat, I don't remember, one of the, those two tzaddikim that was always, always was asking Hashem Azbach to be able to see what it's like in the Ilam Ha'amas. He wanted very, very much, I think of Naftali Rakshat, he wanted very much, he was always davening that he should be able to see what's the Indian Na'ilam Ha'amas, what's in the world of truth. So he's davening like this for a long time. Finally, the Baran Shalom said to him in his dream that there's only one way I could show you what it's like, if you'd like to join me. If you'd like to come, I'll sh- then you could see what it's like. So Nathalie said, for a visit? So the Baran Shalom told him, no, permanent, you know, to move in. So then the Holy said, I'll find out later on. <laughs> so Baruch says, I see you're so fascinated. You want so badly to know what it's like. So Michael. And Holy was saying that, the Tzadik was saying that to, to teach us this lesson. What would you really answer? It's not a hard question. And why would we answer that way? We would answer, Shkayach, Rebellia, send regards to Kadosh Baruch Hu. I, I, I have stuff I need to take care of over here. I have tshuva, mitzvahs, masim toivim. I have debts to pay and, and yonim to take care of. And I, my children and my things and my this and my that. And I, 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 I choose not to go. So Ali Navi says, but I'm giving you a choice to leave the Alma the Shikra. It's a lie. You're living here with a million misjainas and lies. And crazy choices, and you can come to a world that's kuleyanas. So now we're thinking, well, if I never would also say, and it's going to be okay for you over there. It's not going to be bad. You're not going to have any tzaras. We still would say, Shkai, I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Not now. You know, I have to go there, but not right now. She says, we know that it's true. We have some famous stories about Tzadikim that they didn't want to leave the world. The most famous is Kedugas Masham Supalagra. Everybody here I'm sure knows that before he died, the girl was, the Vilna Gaon was a little bit sad and was holding on to his apricot for his sitzes. And the, and the girl said, the girl said that for a few pennies I'm able to do mitzvahs in this world and the next world he can't do mitzvahs so that's what the girl said that he, that he had a chalisa zadas and his madrega to leave the world because of his sisters so that's a different madrega he says so the Vilna was saying it's chaval to leave the world and I can be mekai mitzvahs for a few pennies 
I can I can do the mitzvah of tzitzis. The film against Hashem was entirely different. He's not he's not holding on to his boombox or whatever the equivalent is of the boombox. He's holding on to Terry Mitzvahs. The Vilna God wanted to continue to be able to give Nachas Ruach to the Rabbi Shalom, and the biggest Nachas Ruach we give to the Rabbi Shalom is in this world. To give Nachas Ruach to our fathers with our tests and our difficulties and our desires to be good Jews. So the Vilna God is saying, was holding on to the world, not because of the world. The Vilna God knew this is an Amadishik, it's a lie. And there's no question that that Sadiq, the Vilna Goyen, who was a Goyna Chosid Vilna, that every day he was longing to leave this world. But despite that, he was sad because he said, I can give so much Nachas Ruach, have a minute of misery in this world. I give Nachas Ruach to my father. That's why. Not because he was attached to the world, it's because he's attached to the Bari Olam. And he, that, he's, that he will forego the, the intense pleasure. Of, of being with Hashem is Baruch if I can give a few more minutes of Nachas and the biggest Nachas is from this world not from the next world because a dead person can't do mitzvahs a dead person is free from mitzvahs there are no mitzvahs not because of a personal some personal chukah something that he wanted out of this world. He didn't want anything from this world. This world for the Vilna Gaon? What did he take from this world? What did he have in this world? The one thing in this world for the Vilna Gaon is how I can give Nachas Ruach to Hashem's Somebody came to the Kotzke and he said to the Kotzke that he was moving to his soul. Now, that was a very hard thing. It's hard now, but back then, right? back then it was very, in the early 1800s, it was very, very hard. So this he it was already an, uh, an older person. He said he's moving to Israel. The Koski says, "My high, why are you going to Israel?" He says that he wants to he wants to die in Israel. So the Koski asked him, "Why? What's wrong with dying over here?" So why do you want to die in Israel? He said, "Because if I'm buried, if I die in Israel, Chazal say that you don't have to roll, you don't have to go on that uh, program rolling all around the world to, with all the aggravation that you have rolling until you get to Israel." So I want to go to Israel. Zakaski said, he says, an old man like you, that's all you still think about is your body. That's all you care about. You're going to act to sell. If you would have told me going to act to sell because you want to be at the Zeichet to be, to see you shalim before you leave this world. No. But your chasm to go is that I should avoid, I should avoid some aggravation to get there. So I want to go now. This way I don't have to roll that way the Chazal say, you know, the, it hurts to go through the world like that to roll. So I want to get there to... So Kosovo said, yeah, that's all you can think about? You're an old man, all you think about is some physical comfort? You know, if you're worried about how your body's going to feel even after you die, it's better if you spent your whole life thinking about your body. Even when you're, even you're already making a plan for when you die that your body should be comfortable. You don't, want, you don't even want your corpse to be uncomfortable. That you stuff yourself and that you indulge in this world, it's not enough for you. You want to even be a fresher after you die. That you're afraid that you can have any discomfort after you die. You want to get like a, you want to have like central air conditioning, worm-free, you know, everything gewaldic. Even after you die, it should be gewaldic. It should be it should be gewaldic. That your body shouldn't have any aggravation. You have to, 
Spikovsky just ah, that's why you're going to edge this off. That's not a reason to go to edge this off. The Vilna Gaon wasn't with this world. Well, he was alive. What did he take from this world? Nothing from this world. Nothing. What he what he had in this world was the opportunity to give Nachas Ruach to Rabban Shalom. That's what he had. And for that he held on to his telescope. For that he held on to the tzitzis. It's chaval. It's chaval. With all of this misery and not having a Kajbaruch the way that I could have him in the world of truth. Afal Pichem. If I can give him more Nachas Ruach by staying here and schlepping through some more mitzvahs, I'll do it. That's an unbelievable madraga. But not because of this world. It's not because he was afraid of taking away his his, uh, his life or that he's going to miss his, his is going to miss this world or he's going to miss the things that he had in this world. It's not. Ha-pachad The fear of death. Ha-nimsa etzel Yehudim that is found by Jews the Madrega Namuchaya I said Rav Kuk wrote a lot about this Indian. The fear of death that's common to people who are not tzaddikim or not on a high level. It's very different than what the Vilnagam was talking about. The Vilnagam was not afraid of dying. He wasn't afraid of letting go of his furniture and his, his family. He wasn't afraid of that. It was a different thing altogether. Hashem put in us. And it's natural. The person has the nature, by his nature. There's the nature of a person, is is that a person is naturally afraid to die. Where does that come from? Why, I mean, why is that? So he says, The real source of the fear of death, really, really, really what that is, the fear of death, is the neshama being afraid of death. The neshama's fear of death is just the opposite of our fear of death. The neshama is afraid of being alive. The goof is afraid of being dead. You understand the difference? Listen again. The neshama is afraid of this world. The neshama is afraid of, of, of death. Of life, rather. The neshama is afraid of living. Because living is very hard. Living is filled with lies and tests. And the siyayin is terrible. The neshama is afraid of death, meaning the neshama is afraid to be cut off from God. And the neshama's being cut off from God is when it's thrown into this into the body and it has to come into the world and start hanging around, you know, start hanging around on Fifth Avenue. That's when the neshama. That's when the neshama is afraid of. The neshama is not afraid of being with Hashem. The neshama is afraid of being with our bodies. For the neshama, that's death, right? For the soul, the soul is afraid of dying. For the soul, that means being cut off from the source of life, which is God. So the soul is afraid of being alive in this world. Is afraid of entering into the body and being in this world and all the craziness of this world and being cut off from truth and being cut off from God. For the soul, that's worse than death. Life, that's life. As we call it, life. The soul is afraid of being alive in this world. Because the soul knows the danger of this world and the soul knows the bitterness of being distant from God. That's the, that's the root of man's fear of death. Hakadosh Baruch Hu told me, "Don't talk to me." 
The root of our fear of death is that fear that the neshama has of being cut off from God, which is its death. The Torah says, those who are attached to God are truly alive. That's what the neshama is afraid of, not being truly alive. True life is attachment to God. And the neshama is afraid of this world, because this world is a world of detachment from God. So the, the source of man's fear of death is not, is not leaving this world, it's coming into this world. That's the source of man's fear of death. That's where it started. The neshama is screaming before we send them into the world. The neshama scream, not wanting to go into this world. That's the source of man's fear of dying. Because life really is only dveikas b'Hashem. Atam adveikim b'Hashem lakeichem. Those who are attached to Hashem, chayim kolchem hayom, are truly alive. Hachayim hamitim hemark chayim shel dveikas b'kadosh baruch. True life is only a life of attachment to God. Van neshama b'chol rega v'rega mefachedes b'bnei hamavis. The neshama inside of us is afraid every single minute of being far from God. Right now, our neshamas are afraid of Averis. Our neshamas are afraid of us not davening, of us not learning, of us not growing. Our neshamas are afraid of us dying. Dying meaning forgetting God. The neshama lives in the fear of death. But again, meaning life. The neshama lives with that fear of detachment from God, of separation from God. Because true life is a life of Tevekas Bakadash Baruch. So when, when we when we use life to do a mitzvah, so then the Shama feels some relief for a minute. Ay Hashem. My my owner is is being a good boy today, a good girl. Bhasha. Atamadvekam Bashan Machai and Kulchama. Ah that's a machai. That's a machai. Like when the Bidichiva went back after Yom Kippur, because I told you many times the Bidichiva fasted this two days Yom Kippur. The Bidichiva used to fast the second day because he was afraid of Sveik of the Yom, like we have two days Yom Tiv. He used to keep two days fasting. He'd come back after Yom Kippur, he didn't eat until the next night. Can you imagine? No. That's how the Bidichiva lived all of his life. So the Kedusha's Levi, they say that he came back. He came back on the, on the way back from Shul. Uh, Yom Kippur, when, they were coming back, when everybody was coming back from shul, but this was this, oh, is this going to be delicious? Oh, is this going to be good? And everybody, of course, felt the same way. Everybody came, thinking about a piece of cake and something, right? So that everybody said, everybody came home, and they and the rabbis and they had food for everybody. And the kedushas lady sat down on the side. And he opened up a gemara sukkah to get ready for sukkahs, and he opened up the gemara. And said, ah, is this machai? Oh, is this delicious? You can't fake that. You could say that on a regular Tuesday in Yeshiva, but you can't say that in Yom Kippur. Oh, is this a Machaya? This is a Machaya. The Gemara is a Machaya. The Gemara is a Machaya. Yom Kippur. The Gemara is a Machaya. Because by the Bedich, for Atma Dvekim Hashem Lakechem Chayim Kulchem Hayyim. True life was Dvekis Bashem. That was true life. Dvekis Bashem was life. Detachment from God is death. So we ask, how is the chassid not afraid of dying? Just the opposite. The chassid longs for death. It's not a question. 
The Chassid's longing for death is the deepest longing for life. The Chassid's fear, the Chassid's fear is not the fear of death, it's the fear of life. It's not, he's not afraid of dying. Death means to be attached to God in the deepest way. The Chassid's afraid of the mistakes and the difficulties of this world. Not the physical difficulties, but the tests and and forgetting God and being attached from God, detached from God. <coughs> That's what the Chassid is afraid of. What's death? Death means that the soul is torn away from its source of life, from God. From its attachment to the source of life. The source of life is the creator of the world. This is the only true reason that man is afraid of death. The reason that we're afraid of dying is because you're always afraid to leave what you're attached to. That's natural. The chassid is attached to God. And, and, and therefore the chassid is, the chassid's fear is being alive. Being dead is a bracha. A person, a regular person, is attached to the, to the physical things of this world. And the fear of death is the fear of separation from that, from that which I'm attached to. The source of man's fear of death is the fear of the neshama being detached from the source of life. In other words, whatever you consider to be the source of life, you're being away from that is death. Whatever you consider to be the source of your life, you're afraid of being separated from. Because to you, that's the equivalent of death. Don't take my boombox. I'd rather die. Life without that machine is means a life of detachment from the source of my life. That's death. The source, being separated from your source of life equals death. So, so for the chassid, being separated from God is death. For the average person, being separated from things and people and so on is death. But the fear of death is always the same thing. It comes from that fear of being separated from the source of life. How you define the source of life and what is what is it in your heart and in your mind is the root and source of life, that's up to each person. But that's where the fear of death comes from. If a person's attachment is to God, he's not afraid to leave this world. Not only is he not afraid, but the chassid waits, waits for that. If the person's attachment is, if the person's life is spent looking for this world, then anytime this world is slipping away, or might slip away, the person becomes terrified. It's the most frightening thing. She says, Ella, the last line, when the neshama descends into this world and it becomes enclosed in the physical body the person's emotions become enclosed in the physical world as well so we sense our, our feelings are very much connected to our bodies so when something's wrong with the body we become afraid and worried that's just how we are. 
Vachain Hagashosari Shakivyochal Haguf Mefachid Lomas. So therefore what we feel is it seems to us that my body is afraid of dying. That's what it, we, that we feel that afraid to die. Because the Nishama comes into the goof. And when the Nishama comes into the goof, then the Shama then the Nishama is is caught up, is, in other words, is stuck in that misgeris, in that framework of physical life. And therefore the way that we the way that we identify or understand the fear of death is the fear of my physical body dying. We have to know that's only because of our bodies that we feel that way. We're not afraid to die at all. There's nothing that's more relaxing, more wonderful than death. There's no fear of death at all. The fear of death is Our fear of death is because we're totally caught up holding on to what we think is the world of truth. We think this world is the world of truth. We think this is a hush of a world. So we're holding on to it. And and the possible death frightens us of being separate from this world that we identify as the world of truth. This crazy world that we're living in. When the body dies, it's the beginning of the neshama in, in the, it's the beginning of the neshama's enjoyment of life. When the guf dies, then the neshama is free to truly enjoy life. When the body dies, the neshama is free. But the stronger a person's attachment is to physical life, so too does the person feel the pain of of being separated from this world. When you're connected, when you when your deepest attachment is Tashem then this world is the source of the pain. Of, of that detachment from God when your chiyas is of the neshama when that's your chiyas when the chiyas is the neshama so then so then dying is the beginning of life it's the beginning of life just one more sentence once a person understands you think about this a lot a lot, a lot, a lot you think about this and you realize that the reason that you're afraid to die is because of is because you're because of you you're you're fallen into this lie of this world. But the truth, which is a hagosha, the feeling of the neshama, then you have to check yourself and to think carefully. Who am I, and why is it that I'm taking afraid to die? Why is it that that frightens me? And when a person thinks about it, then he's able to come to a place of not being afraid. Not only not not only of not being afraid, but other He says, The main reason you're afraid the reason you're afraid to die is because you're attached to different things of this world. So we're not attached to radios and things like that, but we're attached to other things. Whatever, whatever you're connections are and your attachments are to this world it can be nice things like family and friends and whatever not to, not the physical things but that's still from this world there's a person whose entire life is his mishpach, his mishpach. so he's afraid to leave his mishpach he's afraid to die because he doesn't want to go away from his family 
There's another person that's not in such a madrega. His his kashis is not to his family. His kashis to his money. Like each person with his kashi. Each person has to be honest with himself. It has to be clear. What is it that you're truly attached to? What is it that you're really connected to? Even if it's not that you're thinking about this kesha all day long, to try to be honest in the depths of who you are. When it comes to a test, he says that when it comes to the time of a test, Lepesa suddenly who chash tchushas his kashus shechaye hayom yom enenekayemes that when it comes down to that moment of truth when it comes down to that then even though he doesn't think about that kesha all day long but at that moment then he realizes that this is really what I'm afraid of this is what I'm akushit to my kesha is to something of this world. It's the things of this world, and that's what I'm afraid of. Now, what we're going to Bez Hashem start with next next time is uh, is how each and every one of us can begin the avoda of loosening our hold on the hiskashes that we have to this world, while being healthy and well and functioning as, as as normal, healthy people in the world, but at the same time, at the same time, becoming more deeply attached to the hiskashes to Hashem. And that, and with with that, one of the strongest ways to come to a place of menuchas and nefesh is dafka the machshava of not being in the world, the machshava of leaving the world. It's not scary. It's not frightening at all. Adarav, it's this, it's the sweetest and most pleasant thought. But we, we have a while to go. We soon will to 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 work on this session. Okay, so we'll continue next time. To give a shkach again to Nina to at the Yitzi. Mishem has a lot of simchas in this house in all of our hearts.